Welcome to the Gospel of Grace radio broadcast, a primitive Baptist ministry declaring the good news of the finished work of salvation by grace alone. This weekly radio program is brought to you by Elder Joe Nettles, pastor of Sulphur Springs Primitive Baptist Church in Caledonia, Mississippi, and Elder David Wise, pastor of Macedonia Primitive Baptist Church in Ackerman, Mississippi. We now invite you to stay tuned for our message this morning. Good morning and welcome again to the Gospel of Grace radio broadcast. This is Elder David Wise here with you this morning. We're very thankful to have you here with us. Tune in with us every week here on the radio or by podcast. If you're listening on a podcast, be sure and hit subscribe so you're notified of our new episodes as they are released. If you happen to be in the North Mississippi area, we'd invite you to come to Macedonia Primitive Baptist Church. We're right on Highway 15 in Ackerman, Mississippi. Very easy to find. Sulphur Springs Primitive Baptist church is at 40283 on Wolf Road outside Caledonia, Mississippi. Both of our churches meet on Sunday mornings at 10.30 a.m. And then we also have a midweek service in Starkville, Mississippi at the La Quinta Inn beginning at 6 o'clock p.m. every Wednesday night. Go to our website, gospel-of-grace.com. You can get caught up on past messages. Also, you can go to Macedonia's website, macedonia-pbc.org. We have a lot of sermons there, writings, and content that we hope can be beneficial for you. Also, be sure and download Grace Alone radio app. That's gracealone.net to be able to download that for 24-7 Primitive Baptist Christian content. We're very thankful to just have the ability to bring these messages to you over this platform by the radio, by the internet, and by podcast. And we certainly hope they're a blessing to you. If they are, we would love to hear from you. Please contact us. Please email us. You can find our email contact information at God gospel-of-grace.com. We would love to hear from you. This morning, we'd like to continue our messages during my time on the program, considering prayer and the different aspects of prayer. And this morning, we'd like to focus on persistence in prayer and the diligence with which we are to beseech the throne of grace. So we hope that that message will be beneficial for you, and we hope you can stay tuned with us, and we'll be playing that message for you right after this song. We will 
Hello, and very thankful again that you've tuned in with us here on the Gospel of Grace radio broadcast, and we want to continue our thoughts on prayer. This morning, we want to focus on persistence in prayer, persistence and diligence in prayer. We're certainly told to pray without ceasing, to pray always, and we don't have the ability to constantly be down on our knees with our eyes closed, but we do need to be in constant communication with God, and we don't need to just pray about something one time and then give up. We need to be persistent. But at the same time, we always have to balance these things, right? Don't want to go too far in one ditch. We need to be persistent. But at the same time, we also need to be in tune with the Holy Spirit to recognize when the answer is no, right? So in Luke chapter 11, again, this is where we've been considering the apostles' request, Lord, teach us to pray. And we're hoping to try to continue to consider God's word to learn more about how God has instructed us to pray. So then he gives a summarized version of the model disciples prayer in verses two to four. And then Jesus tells them, again, they just requested, Lord, teach us to pray. So he's saying, look, this is the structure and the pattern by which you're supposed to pray. But Jesus specifically is telling them, this is the tenacity and diligence with which you are supposed to pray. Luke chapter 11 and verse 5, which of you shall have a friend and shall go unto him at midnight and say unto him, friend, lend me three loaves. For a friend of mine is in his journey. He's coming to me and I don't have anything to set before him. But he from within shall answer and say, trouble me not. The door is now shut. My children are with me in bed. I cannot rise and give thee. I say unto thee, though he will not rise and give him because he is his friend, yet because of his importunity, he will rise and give him as many as he needed. For I say unto you, ask, and it shall be given you. Seek, and you shall find. Knock, and it shall be opened unto you. Everyone that asketh, receiveth. Him that seeketh, findeth. And to him that knocketh, it shall be opened. In other words, just in a natural sense, when we give our first request to someone, sometimes if it's inconvenient, they're not always going to oblige. In this instance, it was a very inconvenient time. There was a need. This friend probably should have been more diligent to have a little bit of extra. But you know what? Sometimes people show up and we're not prepared for it, right? You've probably lived that out yourself. And he says, look, I just don't have anything. I don't have enough money to go to the store. So then he goes to his friend and asks him, and it's at a very inconvenient hour. So because it's inconvenient, his initial answer is, no, I'm not going to get up. But notice, he didn't just ask one time. He kept knocking. The description is that he's at his door and didn't just ask one time and say, oh, well, I guess it's just not God's will. No, this friend kept knocking because there was a great need. Do you understand that? There was a great need, so he kept knocking. And notice this. He says, Ask, and it shall be given you. Seek, and you shall find. Knock, and it shall be opened unto you. Do you notice the increased persistence and tenacity in those three things? Ask, seek, and knock. We've been trying to talk about laboring fervently in prayer. The effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. The intensity and the tenacity and the work and the labor that goes into having a good prayer life. Well, notice the intensity with which these requests are made. Ask, and it shall be given unto you. God's not going to leave his children without a true need in their life. But you know what? Sometimes we ask, and we just ask verbally, and we don't receive that. But then you need to seek it. You need to have actions that back up your request. The old saying goes, if you're praying for rain, walk around with an umbrella, right? 
you need to ask, but then you need to seek. And then as you're seeking, you need to be knocking. You need to have diligence. You need to not just knock one time and go away and say, oh, well, I guess it's not God's will. No, knock diligently, knock fervently, knock persistently. And he says, look, even in a natural sense, when we are inconvenienced, we may not heed the first time, but he says because of his importunity. Essentially, he just annoyed him enough. That word importunity means persistence, but the fact of the matter is, it's a very inconvenient time. It's in the middle of the night. My children are in bed. I, there's a reason I rejected your first request. You know, it's inconvenient. But then, what does, uh, but then, but then this man doesn't give up. He didn't just ask one time, he didn't just seek. He kept on knocking. Do you get that? He kept on knocking. So therefore, the man, in a natural sense, said, you know what? I'm tired of him knocking. I'm not going to be able to go to sleep anyway. My kids aren't going to be able to go to sleep anyway because this guy keeps on knocking. I'm just going to give him what he wants because it's more efficient. <laughs> well, God is much more loving than just an annoyed neighbor in the middle of the night, right? He's much more loving than this unjust judge we're about to look at who was annoyed to eventually just give in to what this persistent widow wanted. No, God is so much better than that. That's what he says in the next verses. Verse 11, if a son shall ask bread of you, that is a father, will he give him a stone? If he ask fish, will he give him a serpent? If he ask for an egg, will he give him a scorpion? If ye then being evil know how to give good gifts unto your children, how much more then shall your heavenly father give the Holy Ghost to them that ask him? In other words, even you in a natural sense are fallen sinful creatures, but you still give good things to your children when they ask ask you, especially when they ask you multiple times. And if you're that good to your children, imagine how good God's going to be to his children, right? And we've considered this recently at Macedonia. We have a sermon on our website regarding this. I would direct you to that. I believe it's a very profitable study about praying for the Holy Ghost. And something we need to pray for in our daily life is to pray for the Holy Ghost. Because when we pray for the Holy Ghost and God gives that to us, he's always going to give us that special manifestation of the Holy Ghost. We're not talking about the new birth, but the communion of the Holy Ghost. We need the Holy Ghost in wisdom. We need the Holy Ghost to have peace. We need the Holy Ghost to exhibit love to our brother. We need the Holy Ghost to forgive others. And we especially need it in wisdom, in making decisions and treating people properly on a daily basis. We need the Holy Ghost and we need to pray for the Holy Ghost. And certainly God is gracious to answer that request and to give us that special manifestation of the Holy Ghost. But again, notice the intensity. Ask, seek, but knock. And not just knock one time, but knock multiple times. And God answers those prayers. He takes note of that. Let's look in Luke chapter 18. Luke chapter 18 and verse 1. He spake a parable unto them to this end, that men ought always to pray and not to faint. It's very easy to give up. It's very easy, as it says here in the KJV center column reference, the alternate wording, that men are always to pray and not to lose heart. It's very easy to lose heart in prayer, isn't it? I know some more longer term prayers that I've had to pray. Being in a job that I didn't necessarily enjoy, I didn't feel like it was where I was going to be long term. And I was praying for an open door. But you know what? That particular job, I was in that job for almost three years looking for other opportunities before the right door opened. But guess what? 
The Lord opened the right door at the right time. And it was during that time period when I was not very happy in that job, when I was pretty dissatisfied with what I was doing. It was during that time period that I gained the experience that got me the job that I ultimately got a few years later. And you'll just be amazed how things like that happen in your life. That even what appears to be not an answer to a prayer, God's blessing you in the meantime and preparing you for a future blessing. That was my experience, that God was giving me the experience in the interim to get the job that he intended for me to have a couple years down the road. You know, I went through some very lonely, disappointing times when I was single and praying for a spouse and had some circumstances that I thought were a very good possibility and they didn't work out. And I prayed, Lord, what is your will? Lord, these are times, these long-term decisions, you don't just ask one time and say, well, well, I don't know what I'm going to do. No, you have to be persistent. You have to be persistent in praying for guidance of your career. You have to be persistent in praying for guidance for a spouse in these major life decisions. You have to show persistence and ask, seek, but you need to be knocking. You need to be approaching the throne of grace diligently and fervently about these things. Don't just ask one time, but it's very easy to lose heart, right? That's what Jesus said. I'm giving you this parable to encourage you to pray and not to lose heart because it's very easy to lose heart. It's very easy to be discouraged when we don't get what we want in the short term because that's what we want. Especially in America, we are in this fast food, immediate gratification environment and culture. And if I have to wait five minutes instead of three minutes in the drive-thru, I feel like I'm being persecuted. If I click on something and my phone doesn't load right away, oh no, what's wrong with my internet? Well, nothing's wrong with my internet. It just it just took a couple extra seconds, you know? I mean, we're used to such convenience that we just don't want to wait. We don't. We don't want to wait. And that's why we need to be reminded of verses such as in Isaiah 40, at the conclusion of that chapter, they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary, and they shall walk and not faint. Because it's hard to wait. It's hard to wait on the Lord. It's hard to wait. I'll tell you, it was hard to wait on my spouse. I wasn't married till I was 31. Went through a long period of time of seeking the Lord's will and things not working out. And then finally, the Lord opened the door and praise God, it was in his perfect timing and it couldn't be better. But you know what? It was hard. It was hard waiting on God's will and it's easy to lose heart. And that's why God gave us this parable, always to pray and not to faint, not to faint. Luke chapter 18 and in verse two, there was in a city a judge which feared not God, neither regarded man. And there was a widow in that city, and she came unto him, saying, Avenge me of mine adversary. But he would not for a while, but afterward he said within himself, Though I fear not God, and I don't really regard man, yet because this widow troubleth me, I will avenge her, lest by her continual coming she weary me. Hear what the unjust judge saith. Shall not God avenge his own elect, which cried day and night unto him, though he bear along with them? I tell you that he will avenge them speedily. Nevertheless, when the Son of Man cometh, shall he find faith on the earth. You see, this is a man that was not a good man. He didn't fear God, felt no internal conviction of the Holy Spirit since he didn't fear God. 
He didn't even really care that much about man. He was just in a position of authority, probably because it brought him financial wealth. So he doesn't really care about God. He doesn't care about people. And he didn't care about this widow. But this widow had this petition, avenge me of mine adversary. I want justice. You're a judge and I want justice. And he wouldn't do it for a while. And then finally, he just reasoned in himself. And this is so interesting. Jesus is describing here in this parable, apparently a non-elect person. I don't fear God. That's a non-elect person that doesn't fear God. But you know what? This woman annoyed him enough. Literally, this widow troubled him. This widow annoyed him enough that he said, you know what? It's just good business for me to give her what she wants. You know, wouldn't it be great if God had so much confidence in our persistence in prayer that God knew that we're going to bring this petition to him every single day, no matter what. Now understand, God's not an unjust judge, right? He's a loving heavenly father and he provides for the needs of his children, no doubt. But wouldn't it be great for the Lord to have enough confidence in our diligence in prayer to say, you know what, if I don't answer this prayer, David's going to bring it to me again. You know, he's not going to give up. He's not going to give up. He's going to be persistent. Wouldn't it be great for the Lord to have that confidence? Because I'll tell you, this unjust judge, (laughs) he had developed confidence in this widow. He had developed confidence in this widow that she is going to keep annoying me. (laughs) She's going to keep troubling me until I give her what she wants. So really, instead of me having to deal with her every day, 365 days a year, it is just in my best interest to just give her what she wants because she is going to weary me because I know I have enough confidence in her diligence that she's going to be at my door every single day. And I just don't want to see her every day. So I'm just going to give her what she wants. (laughs) Well, God is our loving heavenly father and he wants to hear our prayers. And we don't need to just ask one time and lose heart. We don't need to just ask one time and faint in prayer. No, don't be weary in well-doing for in due season you shall reap if you faint not. Let's be persistent in prayer, storming the gates of heaven, storming the throne of grace, or beseeching for those burdens of our heart. You know, when we say persistence in prayer, sometimes that gives the idea of just repeating the same thing over and over again. And Jesus warned against that in the Sermon on the Mount, didn't he? Don't pray with vain repetitions. Well, repeating yourself is not a vain repetition. You know, it's not a vain repetition to pray for the same thing consistently. Now, most likely the burden of your heart those words will change. So we don't need to just use the same words all the time. No, we need to express our heart unto God. And the burdens of our heart most likely will change. But it's not wrong to pray for the same thing over and over again. You know, Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane, he prayed the same thing three times and used the exact same words, right? Persistence in prayer is not a vain repetition. But we also need to make sure, though, we're not just going through the motions. We are praying fervently. We are praying effectively. We need to be diligent to watch and pray that we don't enter in temptation because we can get very discouraged. But, you know, that's what the apostles did. They fell asleep on the job right after Jesus gave the admonition to watch and pray that you don't enter into temptation. You know, we don't need to be discouraged. We don't need to feel like that God doesn't love us. No, God does love us. But you know what? It may not be his timing and his will yet to answer that prayer. And I'm so thankful that I've been around the block enough, that I've seen God's providence and blessings in my life and in the lives of others over an extended period of time enough to know that God answers those prayers and those burdens of your heart, especially those long-term prayers of 
a career and a spouse and the church and those kind of things. God is not unrighteous to forget your labor of love, right? God's not ignoring it. He's not ignoring your persistence in prayer. And I've been around the block enough to now see those prayers answered, those long-term prayers. Whereas so many years, God answers every prayer is either yes, no, or not now. And I got not now for a long time. And then finally, I can see when the answer was yes, how God providentially guided all throughout that time period, even leading me up and building me up to his answer to prayer. Praise God for that. I think we have this great example here of Bartimaeus, blind Bartimaeus in Mark chapter 10 about persistence and diligence in prayer. In Mark chapter 10, Jesus is passing by and blind Bartimaeus is crying out. Verse 47, and blind Bartimaeus began to cry out. Verse 47, Jesus, thou son of David, have mercy on me. And everyone said, look, hush up. Jesus is too important for you. He didn't have time for this. Many charged him that he should hold his peace. But notice, did that discourage him? (laughs) No, it didn't discourage him because he had a need, didn't he? Blind Bartimaeus had a great need and he cried the more a great deal. Thou son of David, have mercy on me. And oh, this beautiful passage. What did Jesus do when he was persistent in prayer? What did Jesus do when he didn't give up when people discouraged him? What did Jesus do when Bartimaeus kept beseeching the son of God, even when it was inconvenient and he was annoying everybody else? What did Jesus do? Jesus stood still. Oh me, Jesus stood still and he heard the prayer of this burdened child of God. And he answered that prayer. Be of good comfort, arise. And he cast off his garment and Jesus healed him. But I want you to notice that he's crying unto Jesus Everyone else says, why are you keeping on crying? Why are you keeping on beseeching him? It's not worth your time. It's not worth Jesus's time either. Why don't you just give up? Isn't that discouraging? Jesus gave us a parable so we wouldn't faint, so we wouldn't lose heart, so we wouldn't give up. Isn't it discouraging when some people tell you, hey, you need to give up? Don't keep praying for that. No, if it's according to God's will and it's a good thing, keep praying for that. Don't listen to the crowd. Don't listen to the discouraging crowd. Keep on praying. And I would actually encourage you to be like blind Bartimaeus and cry the more a great deal. Don't just ask, seek and knock, knock fervently. So we need to be persistent in prayer. We need to petition the throne of grace and not just say, oh, well, I guess it's just not God's will. No, be persistent. But persistence is not an excuse to keep knocking and beating your head against a closed door, okay? We need to pray for wisdom. It said there in Luke chapter 11, we need to pray for the Holy Ghost. Well, the Holy Ghost is going to give us wisdom. The Holy Ghost is going to give us wisdom to know when God's answer is no, okay? I believe God answers every prayer is either yes, no, or not now. But how do you discern between a not now and a no, okay? In 2 Corinthians chapter 12, Paul's talking about his thorn in the flesh. And no doubt he wanted to get rid of it. It was painful. It was hurting him. He said he beseeched the Lord thrice, prayed unto the Lord three times to take it away. And God's answer was no. Now he promised, I'm going to give you grace sufficient for that. And then once Paul understood that, he said, you know what? Praise God. Praise God that this thorn in the flesh is going to keep me humble, lest I should be exalted above measure. Now I will rather glory in my infirmities that the power of Christ may rest upon me. Now he had this perspective where he could thank God for a no. He could thank God for leaving that. But how do we know? How do we know when the answer is no, right? Well, I believe the Holy Spirit will make that clear to you if you're praying truly according to God's will. 
Paul didn't just pray three times. He didn't get the answer that he wanted. So I'm just going to keep praying every single day. Lord, take away this thorn. Take away this thorn. No, he prayed three times. God gave him a clear answer and then he submitted to God's will. Now, we've been talking about how we're supposed to pray and praying for God's will, but I'll tell you what's really different and what's really difficult, if you've ever had to do this, is not just praying for God's will. Anybody can slap that tagline on their prayers. What's difficult is submitting to God's will. What's difficult is when you realize that your will is different than God's will. You know, Paul's will was for that thorn to be removed. That was not God's will. It was God's will to suffer that thorn to remain lest he should be exalted above measure. What happens when your will is different than God's will? Do you submit to God's will? God gave Paul clarity to say, I'm gonna bless you in the midst of this. I'm gonna give you grace. But he gave him grace to submit to God's will. And that's one of the most important things we can learn is when God's will, it does not line up with our will. We submit to God's will because also I've been around the block enough to know that God's will is always better than my will. Did you hear me? God's will is always better than your will, even if you don't know how in the moment. I can't tell you how many times I can look back now and say, praise God, he didn't answer that prayer. Why? Because God knew what I needed. His will was better than my will. But it's difficult to learn that. It's difficult to submit to that. It's difficult to go through those experiences. But I wanted this so bad. I wanted this job. I wanted this person to marry. I wanted this house. I wanted this promotion. I wanted this. And I knew it was God's will. But then the answer is no. Do you submit to God's will? and say, you know what? God's will is better than my will. We need to have clarity when the answer is no. You know, in Acts chapter 16, two times, Paul wanted to go into Asia. The Lord suffered him not. He wanted to go into Bithynia. The Lord made it abundantly clear to Paul that that was not God's will. And it wasn't just a maybe. No, it was a hard no. But what did he do? He waited patiently. He prayed unto God. And what did God do? He opened a door. He gave him a vision of a man of Macedonia. And he went there and he was tremendously blessed. So God will give you clarity in your heart to know when it is a closed door. But you need to pray for that wisdom. You need to pray for the Holy Spirit to give you wisdom. And you need to pray for God's will to be done, but you also need to pray for God to give you the humility and the faith and the trust to submit to God's will because those are difficult lessons to learn. It's difficult to learn that I was wrong in what I thought was best for me. No, I was wrong. God's way is better. God's will is always better, child of God. God's will is always better than your will and your way. Let's submit to God's will. Be persistent in prayer, but also pray for God to give you wisdom to know when the answer is no and to submit to his will but until that time, keep knocking. Ask, seek, knock, keep knocking because our loving Heavenly Father is so gracious and so loving to answer our prayers and to provide for His children during our time of need. We're going to hopefully continue in this line of thought on prayer. We hope these messages thus far have been beneficial to you and we hope the messages that are to come can be as well. In the meantime, be persistent in prayer. Keep asking, keep seeking, keep knocking. May God bless you.
If you enjoy the messages you hear on the Gospel of Grace radio broadcast, we invite you to visit a Primitive Baptist Church in your community. To find a Primitive Baptist Church near you, to listen to past messages online, and to find further contact information, you can visit our website at gospel-of-grace.com. You can also find our program on iTunes under podcast entitled The Gospel of Grace, a Primitive Radio Broadcast. If you listen and enjoy our program, we would love to hear from you. You may contact us by email at gospelofgracepb at gmail.com. This program is produced by Sulphur Springs Primitive Baptist Church, 40283 Wolf Road, Caledonia, Mississippi, and Macedonia Primitive Baptist Church, 11 Staten Road, on Highway 15, just north of Ackerman, Mississippi. We would love for you to come and worship with us each Sunday morning at 10.30 a.m. We invite you to tune in again next week for another message from the Gospel of Grace. Until next time, we pray God shall supply all your need according to His riches in glory by Christ Jesus our Lord. Wonderful the matchless grace of Jesus.